Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 91 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of January 4th, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm really proud of you for saying 2022. As opposed to? Botching it and saying 2021. Well, it's our third attempt, so I had enough time to practice. (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode, a permit has been filed for construction at Restaurant Marrakesh. Bus service changes have been announced for Disney's Typhoon Lagoon. And in our main segment, we discuss the five attractions that define us as Disney fans. This is the Circus 71 podcast. For construction at Restaurant Marrakesh in Epcot, this uh, permit was has been filed by Buena Vista Construction Company for labor material and or electrical for uh, construction. Uh, Restaurant Marrakesh in the Morocco Pavilion of Epcot has been closed for quite some time. Um, It most recently opened as a seating area back in July of 2021. Um, Hopefully this permit means that Disney is working on a future reopening um, for the restaurant as Disney has taken it over and now actually owns um, the Morocco Pavilion. So it'll be nice to see some some uh, new restaurant reopening. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Spice Road Table obviously reopened. Um, you know, now part of the, um, God, I almost said Enchantment. Jamie, help me. Harmonious. harmonious. Yeah, Harmonious, um, you know, dinner package piece. Um, so it's nice. It's nice that location, man. And I know we're not talking about Spicer Table right now, but that location is second to none, sitting right yeah. there on the water. Do you remember? And I, I'll end this after this. Do you remember? Um, there was a, a like a waterway um, in. I think it, it. I know it was the Morocco Pavilion. I think it is where was where Spice Road Table is now. Do you ever remember? I, I remember this thing because it, it was something that I would love looking at. Like it had all different channels um, where the water so like could go through. Water. Eventually, but it wasn't like I think. Eventually, it may, it may have gone to that uh, that rotating wheel that's in the water, but it was in like the actual um, part of the walkway. Huh. No, to be very honest with you, I don't remember that. I'll have to find a picture of this because I I don't know why, but I always enjoyed seeing that. And it's gone now, so I'm assuming it's where it uh, was, where Spice Road Table is. But When I was um, growing up coming to Disney, we pretty much came into World Showcase, did the Mexico attraction, whatever it was at the time, whether it was River of Time or, you know, the Donald Ride, um, did Maelstrom and turn right back around <laughs> we, gotcha. we were that big like loop around the world people right no but nevertheless i hope um i've never eaten at restaurant marrakesh so i hope that it will um you know open at some point in the near future based on this uh construction permit yeah i had clients eat there as as you and i were just talking about um you know before we started recording here uh but it probably was eight and a half years ago most recently the clients that i know for a fact ate there and absolutely loved it so um i don't know hopefully as you said hopefully it's a cool experience i um selfishly wouldn't mind if they americanized the food a little bit because as we all know i'm not a big spice person um Mm -hmm. so enjoying a meal in a cool setting that I would enjoy the actual food would be nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up is me and another um, lovely piece of construction news. And that, of course, is that Tron Light Cycle Run has been excluded from the D23 list of 2022 Disney offerings um so they made an announcement that they called every disney moment we're looking forward to in 2022 and notably absent from that list was the tron light cycle run they did list guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind opening at epcot um you know there have been rumors talking about a fall 2022 opening for for tron I certainly was hopeful that with this non um, guest testing of the train that it, you know, potentially could have been opening soon or 
with uh, the train <laughs> testing and hopefully coming through. And I just, I don't know, Jane, if they do not have the steam train up and running for any part of this 50th anniversary celebration, I might lose my crap. Um, I think it will. I, I'm not, that I don't think is any sort of issue. Cause if it's go, if the, 50th celebration is going on for 18 months. I mean, you're talking mid 2023 at that point. And I I think it's totally plausible that Disney holds off on the attraction and uh, Tron specifically until some point in 2023. Um, You know, it might be the summer push. Um, You know, fall uh, October 1st is always a popular date with the new fiscal year for Disney. Um, 2022, I think it's going to get kicked to 2023. Um, if we're doing a pre crystal ball, um, I think it's going to be some early summer 23 when that opens, but I do think they'll be able to get, um, um, the train, the railroad up and running before then. I I hope so. I hope so. Cause it would be 18 months would be April, 2023. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it'll, I think it could open some point this year. I mean, they're, they're already working on the tunnel and obviously they don't need the attraction open to reopen the railroad as long as the tracks are done and they don't need any, you know, all that uh, pavement and construction and access. Yeah. You know, as long as they don't need that, um, there's no reason that they couldn't reopen it. So, <clears throat> and let's be honest, excuse me, let's be honest attendance wise you're not going to see a bump for the the walt disney world railroad reopening like you would for tron so there's no reason to hold it back boo oh come on now (coughs) i'm choking i hope you choke on your perrier yeah but you understand what i'm saying they're not gonna you know crowds aren't gonna go in for that i have something caught in my throat that really hurts that's called karma yeah something like that all right well let's move on (laughs) Andrew said it's the ghost of Walt Disney choking you out (laughs) it must be (laughs) Um, so happy as Don and I are recording this January 2nd Sunday happy reopening day to Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Bus service changes have been announced for the reopening. Um, Starting today, as we record this on January 2nd, Disney Springs will provide bus service to and from Typhoon Lagoon between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. There will not be direct bus service from Walt Disney World Resort hotels, um, but you will guests will need to take a bus from their hotel to Disney Springs and then transfer um, to a Typhoon Lagoon bus. Um, also, Disney's Blizzard Beach Water Park, which closed yesterday, January 1st, uh, I'm sorry, technically closed today because um, it was open yesterday. Um, so bus service to the park and the adjacent Winter Summerland Mini Golf um, will end. So guests will need to find alternate forms of transportation to visit the Mini Golf course. Donna, interestingly enough, when does bus service to Disney Springs start? I was thinking about that because I didn't think those shops opened until 10 a.m. It's not like, you know, when Bibby Bobby Boutique was running that they had to run buses earlier. Uh, and the other piece, James, is what does that sound like? And I know that it's not free, unlike the AP event that we tried to go to. But do you remember those lines at Disney Springs queuing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to try to go over to the water park? Yeah, it was bad. So, I mean, I don't love this move at all. Not, you know, when folks are paying more money to have that, that ticket. Yeah, but I mean, in fairness, that's what they also do with Blizzard Beach. Pretty much everybody has to bust the Animal Kingdom. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's just odd for me that because I, I don't know when the Disney Springs buses from the resorts start opening. And that's something else that I think Disney needs to bring back sooner rather than later, especially if you want people to get to, you know, at Disney Springs and spend money down there is from uh, buses from the parks to Disney Springs. That's inconceivable to me that that is not running at this point. I can't argue that at all. It's just absolutely nuts. So we shall see. 
but you know, interesting. Uh, I'd like to try and find out more information as to when um, bus service from the resorts to Disney Springs starts. Cause I always thought it was a little bit later. Well, the water park doesn't open until 10. Yeah, but it, it based on this article, it's saying Disney Springs bus service will start between, um, will start at 9 a.m. from Typhoon Lagoon. To Typhoon Lagoon, excuse me. So then I guess they're going to start running the, the buses to Springs earlier. That's the yeah. only logical solution. Yeah, <laughs> that's logical. <laughs> for sure uh, so whether it's whether it's uh in practice i guess is is another story but Fair. speaking of stories don i want you to wrap us up all right this next one is kind of cool uh as you may or may not know part of PhotoPass um right now is the ability to add different filters kind of like a snapchat type filter um when you're in the app and you can only do so if you have the PhotoPass. Well, they added a cool magic shot celebrating um, the new year uh, available through January 1st. Um, it looks like, oh, Jamie, you know what? I'm misspeaking. This looks like an actual picture taken from a PhotoPass photographer. Yes. What you, okay. No, what I'm talking about was, was through the app. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a magic shot. Okay. No, I, I um, had clients send me different pictures that they were taking throughout the parks um, with the, you know, superimposed uh, 2022 hat and blowers and things like that. Uh, were they um, with Genie Plus? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they, they added some filters and things like that for Genie Plus purchases. But no, this is a regular limited time magic shot. So the magic shot's kind of cool. Um, they have you blowing uh, into your hand as if you were kind of blowing a kiss or blowing some glitter. And then they have the 2022 sparklers and, you know, gold coming down the sides of the picture. It's cute. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I think it's it's well done. It's cute. Um, definitely a good social media type picture. But Oh, for sure. Um, you know, it, it's also, it's, it's really well done. So if you're in the world, um, <laughs> although I love, I love that we're talking, and it's only available through January 1st. Which so would be yesterday, yesterday as we're recording. <laughs> That's fantastic. Although, you know what? Uh, why not keep that going? I, I mean, agree. Especially for something like that. It'd be so easy. Yeah. That's odd to me. Why you would only do it through January 1st. Like 2022, I'm pretty sure is a year long. I'll have to check. but You're pretty sure? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Jamie. In any <laughs> case, uh, today, this is clearly a very heavy news week, folks, seeing as that we've been talking for 12 minutes, and that's with me chastising Jamie multiple times. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Hopefully, I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some, I have a feeling, some bigger um, announcements coming. Jamie, where is the dining plan? <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 I've read some people's thinking that it's actually going to be kicked to the second half of 2022 and that other big name restaurants need to reopen first. Um, I, I think that's plausible. I, I don't, I don't want to say I'm a hundred percent sold on that concept, but I mean, you, we're still missing places like Jico, like flying fish. Um, Hoop-de-doo's not back. Um, who knows if spirit of Aloha comes back. Um, you know, so on and so forth. I, I think the dining plan is, uh, I'd like to see that announcement sooner rather than later, but I, I think we were looking at maybe a few restaurants before that. I don't know. You know what I've been reading as far as um, potential pitfalls of reopening the dining plan? And I was just reading this today, or not reopening, making it available again, I guess to be a better okay. phrase. Hold on. I'm trying to think what would be a potential pitfall from Disney's perspective, the restaurants staffing. That's always been what I've contended that staffing mm -hmm. is the problem, but I've been reading a lot about um, supply chain issues mm. that if, you know, they're, you know, folks are used to with the dining plan having, and I'm pulling this number out literally out of thin air, seven entrees available but only four are available because of supply chain issues that it would cause 
some problems. Yeah, I, I mean, you get somebody that's, you know, wants to Karen up, and I could definitely see that. I mean, my only counter argument to that would be people still have to eat and they're still going to eat dinner, whether or not they pay out of pocket. You know, what's the difference playing, paying with the dining plan versus, you know, pulling out your credit card? You know, you're yeah. still going to be paying for the food. But I, I could see how for some people that could potentially you know, ruffle some feathers, so to speak. I don't know. So, I, I mean, anyway, I'm grasping just something at I was reading today. Yeah, no, that's an interesting thought. Grasping at straws, and we're talking about dining. I like oh. that. <laughs> so, all right, Donna. Well, that was a good extra three minute discussion there on where, <laughs> in God's name, is the dining plan. So, let's take a quick break, and we will discuss the five attractions that define us as Disney fans. And we are back. So for our main segment this week, um, I took a concept that I saw recently on Twitter that I thought was pretty cool. And I've had to explain it a few different times to Donna. I don't know if I've totally succeeded. No, no, I think I finally get it. I think I'm good. Okay, so this um, thing, this post... um, Kind of went viral recently, I saw on Twitter, and I thought it was pretty cool. And it was five attractions that define you. Um, And I think it was originally based off of there were four movies that define me. And then it got, you know, Disney-fied from Diz Twitter and uh, became five attractions that define me. So talked to Don about it. We figured we would run with it. And if we enjoy doing it maybe we'll expand it to different concepts in the future so because um you typically break your own rules i decided to break your rules and i have five and two honorable mentions i did not do any honorable mentions you didn't break your own rules for once i i did not um now we should i should do a little bit better explanation of, of what this is this list is not necessarily our favorite attractions in the world. Um, and, you know, if, if I can use um, Donna's mom as an example, and this was, I think, the best way that I... She's a very big Donald Duck fan. So I said, you know, attractions that might define her as a Disney fan might be Mickey's Magic, you know, Three Caballeros, things like that. So not all of mine... Uh, my five are all themed together, but I have sort of different reasons um, for my five is more or less what we're doing. So it really wasn't Jamie, the the Donald example worked, but it really wasn't until you kind of gave me more parameters of that, it, that defined me as a Disney fan. That, that one piece I feel like was one minor detail that you may have omitted the first time that you explained this game to me because uh, I was thinking in my head like my top five attractions like what am I doing um, but uh, I, I, I have five different attractions and I actually did summon world and summon land so I don't know if that was acceptable or if that's, that's outside of the box too much um, but that, that define for me I added the word define why I'm a Disney fan okay um, now, do let me ask you this before we get started: Are all of your five tied together, or each has each may have different reasons? Each has a different reason that that explains why I love Disney World, Disneyland, the Disney travel products. Okay, so if we did one and then one and then one and then one, it doesn't interrupt your. Not story. at all. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you start. So the very first one that came to mind, and of course, you know, as I'm sitting here, I'm looking up at our entertainment, you know, area. Donna, sorry, are these your honorable mentions you're doing? Are you serious right now? Are you doing your honorable mentions? Would you like me to? Well, you should start with them first. That's natural. Okay, fine. Then I'll completely scratch everything I just said. (laughs) Who ends with honorable mention? That's ridiculous. Whatever. Honorable mentions would be Dumbo because it was an attraction that I didn't really appreciate, you know, coming, growing up and, you know, as an adult. 
But now that, you know, I had Anthony, it, I just have a new appreciation for it. And it's not even an attraction that we do that often anymore. But it was the very first Disney attraction he was on. We just saw pictures recently from, you know, five. Was it today, mm. Andrew, on Facebook Memories? Or was it yesterday? Today. It was January 2nd on Facebook Memories. Five years ago today was Anthony's first visit to the Magic Kingdom. And it just mm. brings up like a flood of like memories and emotion, you know, of us uh, waiting on the queue for Dumbo, of, of him sitting, you know, on our laps on Dumbo for the first time and um, meeting um, Donald. My mom was holding him and like literally like presenting him to Donald is what it looks like in a picture. Like, hey, this is him. I'm uh, with Goofy and, you know, just those, those cool pieces that you know you don't necessarily appreciate as a young adult and as an adult or even a you know a teenager you don't appreciate stuff like that um but i had to have such an appreciation for where walt disney came from which was that he wanted to have fun with his kids mm-hmm. not watching his kids right no, so that was that was my nod for Dumbo and Dumbo type attractions, Country Road Jamboree, even the stupid tiki birds, you know, I'll sit through because Anthony thinks they're fun. Um, and then the other one was for a totally different reason. My other honorable mention was Kilimanjaro Safaris because I have had the opportunity to travel to South Africa and to go on two different game drives. And on neither of those multi-hour game drives did I see anywhere near the amount of animals that Disney has on the safari for Kilimanjaro safaris for you just to see and admire. And I do think, you know, that Walt Disney would have been really pleased with that. He was such a lover of animals and, you know, his, his idea of the jungle cruise, you know, he wanted real animals. He thought that he could have, you know, these real animals there on that attraction. And that never got to, to be obviously, but you know, in, in Kilimanjaro safaris, they were, the Imagineers were able to sort of pull off that part of Walt's dream. So that's why I gave those two nods as, as far as honorable mentions go with fulfilling Walt's dream of uh, the animals and fulfilling Walt's dream of having fun with your kids. Did you know Kali River Rapids was originally supposed to have tigers? Huh. It was originally supposed to be named Tiger River Rapids. Interesting. A, there's actual concept art of, of people in the, the raft, I guess you would call it. Um, and like tigers up against the bank of the river. And then they realized that may not be the best idea in the world. Well, that's not too terribly far away from where the tiger exhibit is. Right. The, yeah, the Ma- it's on Maharaj Asia. Jungle Trap Trek? Maharaja. Yeah. 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 Jungle Trek. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, all right, go ahead, Donna. You can go into your um, top five now. You got to cut me off this time? Well, no, because you're now in your actual five. Although, if I can interject, I'll put an honorable uh-huh. mention for uh, Peter Pan's flight for the, the same reason that you said, Anthony, that was um, Aiden's first attraction. What was Peyton's? I actually don't know. I was thinking about it as we were talking. Mm-hmm. It's about right. Don't. Yeah, it may have been Peter. No, I don't know if it was Peter Pan. I don't know. <laughs> You're such a turd. Oh, this is the man who, folks, when uh, he found out his wife was having a baby girl, he went, oh. <laughs> That's true. I'm actually texting Val to see if she remembers. Anyway, um, as I was saying before I was interrupted now twice, I'm sitting here, you know, it's it's the end of the Christmas season, January 2nd. I'm looking at all of our Christmas stuff still out. I'm looking at my son's, you know, small Christmas tree and all of his ornaments. So the first thing that came to mind when I thought about what defines me as a Disney fan, why I'm a Disney fan, am I boring you? Our listeners can't see me yawning. You, we heard it. <laughs> really? Yes. Mics are sensitive. Uh, was Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights. That was just such a special experience the hidden Mickeys throughout the attraction were were so well done. The the lights syncing to different music, the inclusion of more than one religion in something that appears outwardly to be so Christian. Um, then you know around the corner from the menorah is a, a nativity scene. Um, they just did an unbelievable job with that attraction and because of their ability to pull off things like Osborne 
that is why I am such a big Disney fan. No, I don't disagree with anything. I, I think that's great. Although I wish you would have saved that for when we did five retired attractions that defined me. But um, no, I, I, Osborne was, was super, super special. Um, I, I think so many people would like it, it to come back. And, and I mean, if, if Donna, if you and I ever did a debate type show where we took two different or, or an argument and each took a different side, I think one of that type of show would be whether we would, whether uh, losing Osborne was worth Galaxy's Edge. Because I, I could easily see both sides of the argument. I mean, for us, but I don't know. It's, it's interesting. But it was that was just something that was super, super special. And I don't think I ever got to see it in its original place. Um, because... I, I don't remember that. For me, it was always Streets of America. Um, and even on Streets of America, it was just absolutely beautiful. All right. What do you have up? Um, <laughs> you may laugh at this one. And, and I can't, I can sort of explain it, but not put a, a, a real definitive finger to it, I guess. Um, it, it's part because of how much Aiden loves it. I personally love it. And any chance I get to go on it, I absolutely do. Um, and it's living with the land. Hmm. It's, it's, I love that opening scene, you know, it, and it's, it's very simple effects. You know, I think the, it's like string and the, and they cast the um, light on it to make it look like lightning and the sound effects and the narration. Um, I, I just love everything about that attraction. Um, they plus it every year for the holidays. Um, and every year I'm blown away at how um, good they make that and better that may, they make that attraction look with all the lights and just genuine effort that goes into it. Um, and I'm not like the world's biggest gardener or, or anything like that, but just seeing all the flowers and, and the whole story that that attraction tells, I, I love it. I think it's great. Aiden always points out when the alligators are coming up too. Yeah, I remember when the alligators weren't in it. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. For the reasons that they weren't in it. Yes, of course, the reasons were sad. It was also stupid that they took them out because they were not real. That's true. In any case, yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you said. I, I think it's so neat, like, being able to look up at Garden Grill. I think it's so cool that they up upgrade um, it the screens and update it the footage uh for some mm. of the projection scenes which um, those screens are beautiful too stunningly done yes no they've done a really nice job with that as you said the holiday overlay is so nice i love that you know you go in there multiple times like with even a month a month and two month and a half period of time and you can see different things the lettuce yeah. is is being switched out or um they're they're redoing different areas or you can just you know seeing the produce grow i agree it's such a really really cool attraction that typically doesn't queue up a pretty big uh, a very big line so it's usually something that you can get on without too much of a wait which is nice and two things they actually did used to have the live alligators in the tank correct and the other thing is, oh, this may sound really dumb. One thing that I always wonder every time I go on that attraction at the very end, they have all the, um, like the test tubes on the, the shaker beds. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's for show or actually legitimate or if they, those test tubes have been there for 25 years. I think it's legit because of the, the signage at the lab. Uh, my sister, as as you know, Jamie, but I don't know that I've ever talked about this on our show, um, is a scientist and she runs a lab that pulls plant proteins and does tests and like all sorts of stuff that like literally they're doing inside the land um, at that, that testing facility. So I would imagine that that's legit because I know that she has to go in, you know, even on the weekend sometime and make sure that the machine's doing its little shaky shake thing. Is that the technical term, the shaky shake thing? The shaky shake thing. She doesn't <laughs> listen. She won't correct me. Let's be serious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's a great attraction. All right. Next up is, um, to me, 
an iconic Disney attraction at both World and Land. It is one of the longest attractions as far as the time um, that you're uh, on the experience. It is music. It is animatronics. It is thrill. It is family fun. It is Splash Mountain. Yeah. You cannot make a list for me that describes and defines why I'm a Disney fan, why I go to Disney, why I moved from Pennsylvania to live where I live, why I'm raising my kid Disney. You can't make a list without including Splash Mountain. It just encompasses so many great things that to me represent Disney parks. Um, again, you can't make this list without including Disney for me. Um, yeah, I might as well. It's on my list too. Um, it's like you, you hit the nail on the head with everything you said. Music, iconic attraction, length of attraction, high value for time that you wait. Um, and even being in the queue is it's a well done queue. Mm-hmm. I, I there's it's an amazing amazing attraction I, I have nothing but positive things to say about splash and you know um, animatronics thrill music everything you said 100 percent. it's on my list as well all right well the next one that i'm going to list jamie i think you're going to be shocked because when i said it andrew kind of like looked at me like what and then when i explained it he was like all right, I totally get where you're coming from. Primeval World? Ha! Rise of the Resistance. Okay. So the reason that Rise of the Resistance makes the list, this is not one of my top five favorite must-do attractions. Might not even be in my top three at Hollywood Studios. But what it represents to me is what Disney is able to do. The reason I'm not super jazzed about it is because I'm not a super big Star Wars fan. If that had been Toy Story, Inside Out. Um, Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, to me, I've ta- I mean, I've talked about this a lot on the show. This was Disney World's answer to mm-hmm. what we saw at, at their theme parks in California and in Florida. And what they did with that attraction, trackless the crazy intense animatronics, the lightsaber cutting through the ceiling, all the different scenes, the pre-show, pre-show, pre-show aspect (laughs) that is just, you don't feel like you're waiting during that time. And you are, you're waiting. You're definitely, it's part of the attraction, but you're experiencing something. That attraction is a home run minus all the downtime. I'm not talking about the downtime piece, but when you're on that attraction and it's functional, holy cow that is a next level attraction so the fact that disney can pull something like this off can have something so detailed so intense so fun thrilling the whole nine yards that's why i'm a disney fan because disney can and does pull stuff like that off yeah and you're 100 percent right that it, it was a direct answer to you know, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you know, up the road at, at Universal. Um, it is a great attraction. Well, you know, you and I are kind of in the same boat that, you know, in terms of intellectual property, Star Wars doesn't rank overly high for us. It does for some. Um, the, the, it can be appreciated even if you don't, aren't a huge Star Wars person. Like, I've never seen... I mean, I wanted to, but just never got to it. You know, the movie with, or the movies with, you know, BB-8 and Kylo Ren and all those different characters. And you can still appreciate um, the attraction. Unless, of course, you're my mom and think the, the cast members are just being rude to you. Oh! I, I never told you that story. No! We were getting off, <laughs> we were getting off of, um, after the first order takes over, um, you know, whatever ship you're on. Yeah. 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 With the transport with captain, captain fish face. Um, the, <laughs> they kind of bark and say, all right, get out. You're being interrogated. My mom turns to me because he was being a little rude. 
Like, Aww. Mom, said, Mom, they just took over the ship. He's supposed to do that. <laughs> so, oh, I get it. So it was kind of funny, but um, but for the most part, you know, people kind of get it. So it is the one thing that's interesting about waiting, I, I'd say, Donna, is after, you know, the first order takes over, there's that kind of gap in the show or the experience a little bit where you have to kind of queue in that hallway area. Okay. And I'm not talking, you know, when when the first order tells you, all right, stand on orange or whatever, like right before that. It always feels like that can be a longer wait the couple of times that I've done the attraction. So it's it's interesting that there's really nothing there. It's just regular, almost feels like regular standard queue space after you've gone through two pre-shows. Fair enough. So it's kind of interesting. But uh, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that either. I, I think that's for the reasons that you listed. You know, it may not be our favorite IP, but uh, all in all. Your face looked surprised when I said Rise. But your reasoning wasn't surprising. You know, <laughs> once you explained it, I agree with what you said. That I mean, you take a look at the multiple ride systems, multiple pre-shows. Like, a lot went into that attraction. Mm-hmm. So, um, next up on my list, and Splash Mountain, I didn't really rank these in any particular order. That just how they came to my head. Splash Mountain was third that came uh, into my head. Fourth was Toy Story Mania. Okay. I have been a huge fan of this attraction since, you know, paper fast pass when you had to run first thing to that stupid box, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and get your fast passes for it. Um, I love the competitive element of it. You know, I'm a big competitive person. Um, and, and it's always that new, you know, experience. Oh, I can try and unlock this or, you know, I, I got this level unlocked and things like that. Um, I, I just, I've always, and I really like the Toy Story franchise. I, I think they've produced some absolutely fabulous movies. And this has been one of my favorite attractions. And at one point probably was my favorite attraction in all of Walt Disney World. Um, and it, it's really just that it's relatively simple too. A 3D um, game, but the amount of computing power that's used on it. Um, and I really love the competitive element. I really actually love how they display the the best in ride vehicle, like the scores or like yeah. Game Boys. Like it's just really cute, and everything's I think really really well done. Yeah, no, I can't argue that. Um, I like that it's something that kind of to me was a step up from Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Yep. So similar concept, but definitely a step up. The 3D aspect's fun. And for me, brownie points for it being something that Anthony's ridden on since he was like six months old. Like once he could hold up his head independently, he sat on my lap and like we put the cute little glasses on him and we pulled him off fine if we left him off on fine. And it's an attraction that, you know, as he got bigger, he would then sit between us. And now he sits by himself and he pulls the string and he has a grand old time. Yeah, though I, I, I would like them. I, maybe it's me personally. I don't do 3D like I think the image is always messed up for me. I, I don't know whether it's my eyes or, or it's just not clear. I would really like to see them upgrade either whatever it is the projection or the the um, screen, whatever is, is the technology behind that. I would like to see that upgraded. But I also think that the different effects, um, you know, the uh, the air pressure or the, you know they spray the um, the mist stuff. Um, adds a lot to the attraction as well. Yeah, I can argue that. So, Toy Story. Perfect. All right, my next one is uh, out in Disneyland. Radiator Springs Racers. Mm. So I picked this again. I, I'm, I'm, my mindset with this list were reasons that define why I'm a Disney fan. So Disney made the test track attraction. And as Jamie and I have beat dead on this show, we both very much preferred Test Track 1.0 to 2.0. So anyway, they built the, yep. the Test Track attraction. They knew how it worked. They knew how the ride vehicles had to be, whole nine yards. Instead of just doing a very traditional Disney thing, which is 
neither here nor there and copying and pasting the attraction and shoving it in California. They took the ride technology. They took the ride vehicles, the track system, the whole thing, and they added an IP to it. And Jamie and I have also not made it um, any secrets that we don't always love, you know, IP, 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 IP being slapped on things that we feel as though things that Disney creates for the park in and of itself could be an intellectual property piece. But in this case, what they did, taking Test Track's attraction and turning it into Radiator Springs Racers, absolute home run amazing amazing traction anthony is going to lose his ever-loving mind in june over radiator springs racers i'm going to hear can we do it again can we do it again can we do it again a million times the kid would spend all day doing it um i'm super 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 excited for for him to see an attraction that he loves here test track combined with a movie and characters that he adores um, if you have not had the chance to get on that traction, my goodness gracious, do it. It is just so much fun. It's outside, it's inside, Mater's in it, Luigi's in it. Um, you're actually racing another ride vehicle right next to you. The whole thing is just so stinking well done. And again, to me, that shows me what Disney's capable of doing. They already have a great attraction in Test Track 1.0. Instead of saying, okay, we're going to keep this, they bring it up a million levels with Radiator Springs Racers. and. I just, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate when Disney doesn't just settle and say, this is good enough. They say, how can we make this even better? How can we take it from, from good to great? Yeah. And actually Radiator Springs Racers, I thought I wanted to quote this correctly. So I looked it up real quick. Um, Most expensive at Disneyland Resort, one of the most expensive theme park attractions in the world. Um, cost over $200 million to develop. Um, and it's an absolute home run. And, and it's funny that you mentioned this because I stuck with um, world attractions. But um, before when I got down to number five, I was going through and I'm like, oh, I don't have anything from Epcot. And then I was going through around whatever world, whatever it is now, <laughs> it's still called Future World. Um, and I'm like, no, oh, test track. And then I immediately thought, no, test track sucks. Test track's <laughs> awful. And then I ended up with living with the land. But now Radiator Springs Racers is so much fun. And that that's yeah, that that's a really good one. If I was doing um Disneyland attractions specifically, that would be on the list hundred percent. All right. What do you have for your last one? Uh I have two more oh yeah you're doing four sorry yeah so you have four and then i have my fifth and you're your fifth perfect okay oh well i went from bottom to top but whatever um so i have next up the twilight zone tower of terror this attraction was always like one and two with me with toy story mania of what was my favorite theming one of the best pre-shows on property. Um, you know, it's an iconic building. It's not just some crap up, down, free fall. You know, that fifth dimension scene is amazing. And I think had they built that fifth dimension scene at DCA, it would still be Tower of Terror. Mm. It wouldn't have gone to Guardians of the Galaxy. I think. Um, but I, I just think the whole story, the, the pre-show, the queue, it is Disney storytelling at its absolute best. You know, you go into that um, after the library, you walk into a, the basement, which is kind of odd if you think about it. That never really occurred to me until now. Um, but the boiler room and you get up and you're loaded and, you hear the elevator um, cable making all sorts of noise, like every little detail. Um, you know, I mean, talk about the lobby and the dust and the cobwebs and they have a game that was being played. And it, it just the whole package and story is amazing. Yeah, no, I cannot argue anything that you just said as far as 
the pre-show setup and and i mean even i like the beginning of the ride like you said like going through the fifth dimension i like all that stuff the part of the ride to be very clear they don't like is drop i hate that dropping feeling it makes me want to yarf but as far as the attraction goes everything you said 100 right the queue the cobwebs the 13 minute wait when it's a walk-on everything about <laughs> it their costumes of the cast members james some of the most expensive costumes on property we got my mom once to go on that attraction because we told her like it's, it's something you've got to do once and she hated it of course she hated the drop but to her credit she was like you're right that was ridiculously cool like the pre-show the setup the everything um the view at nighttime from the top that's why i prefer if i have to go on the dang thing to go on it at night because when the door is open for you know split second you at least have a good view instead of being blinded by the sun you know what don is speaking of at night I I think I would be remiss if I also didn't mention the lighting package of how it's lit at night. Mm-hmm. You know, the even the sign, like the one letters out. But I always remember, like, even if I'm phantasmic, um, looking back at Tower of Terror and how it's lit in that, that purple color. Um, and it's just lit really, really well. And it just all goes together really, really well. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. So go ahead. What's your, your last one? My final one is also at Disneyland. Um, to me, this is what I would have loved to have seen um, when Disney World was revamping attractions here for the 50th. Um, it encompasses Walt Disney's image, him speaking. It encompasses older films, newer f- films, older music, newer music, beautiful technology and water projection. Come on, Jane. World of Color? Uh-huh. Mm. To me, that show is just, it's Disney. It's not IPs being shoved down your throat. It's not how modern can we make these songs or how can we make this whatever sound we want it to have. Literally, there are images of Walt Disney being projected on the screens, talking about what his vision was for the parks and what he wanted to do for people. Um, It's just, it's so special to me. I remember standing with my students when I lived in Pennsylvania, and I knew I was moving to Florida. And I had just told two of my dearest friends, Amy and Dan, that I was leaving Palks at the end of that year, that I was moving to Florida to pursue, you know, this dream that we had. And I was standing there crying, watching World of Color, because it was just such a powerful, emotional, I'm not a crier, as we all know, but such like a powerful, emotional moment. And that is what I wish any of the nighttime entertainment for the 50th had encompassed that, that powerful emotion tying into Walt Disney himself, tying into where the Disney company came from. Um, that's, that's what makes me a Disney fan stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'm world of colors. Awesome. I, I'm surprised that I mean, they'd have to clean up the lagoon a lot, but I could see that really working well at animal kingdom. Um, you know, I mean, with obviously more animal-based tie-ins, um, it's a phenomenal show. I, I don't and, and the um, you know, ho- not overlay, but the holiday uh, show, for, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, is is beautiful in and of itself. So, I, I think you know the harmonious barges were a mistake, but I, I would have almost liked to see more drone technology in that show. Um, like had been rumored, but you know, had they gone a world of color type of route for World Showcase, I think they could have hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's a good one. I'm surprised you didn't have my number one on this list. All right, bring it on. Haunted Mansion. Mm. There are so many reasons why this is just an amazing, amazing attraction animatronics storytelling you know you set the the stage from you know entering the queue um you know move yourself to the dead center of the room and all those clever puns that are used um 
I mean, to the point now where every time we get in the car, Aiden goes, Daddy, can you put on Grim Grinning Ghosts? Aww. And he has the entire four and a half minute song memorized. <laughs> and I can't say there's anything wrong with that because it is quintessential Disney. You know, you go from the outside queue where you know, each of the, the tombstones have, you know, some clever way that the person died and it all rhymes and it just it is Here lies attraction. Uncle Fred a great big rock fell on his head? Yeah. Dear old Fred. Here lies dear old Fred. Dear old Fred. Fred. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um and do you know who's also up in the cemetery as you walk out of Magic uh Haunted Mansion? The pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. Do you know uh, who's Mr. there? Toad. Mr. Toad. Come on. Do I know who's there? Well, just saying. There was somebody else that was put there, and I can't think of who it was. Ah, it'll come to me at some point, probably after we're done recording. But, I mean, I just love this. And there is a reason this is cloned, or some version of it, in, I think, every park. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Or uh, I take that back. Every resort. Has right, their no, own no, version no. of of, um, of haunted mansion, and, and it's yeah. just it's it's awesome. I love it. Quintessential Disney, and so 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 much fun. And I'm so stoked that Aiden. And this is an attraction, and, and I think Donna, this is why it was number one on my list because I never, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, never really appreciated it when I was a bit younger. Mm-hmm. As I've you know gotten a little older. I just appreciate it more and more and more. And I just love the attraction. Fair enough. Yeah, definitely quintessential Disney. So my list, quick recap, Haunted Mansion, Tower of Terror, Splash Mountain, Toy Story Midway Mania, Toy Story Mania, and (laughs) Living with the Land. Osborne, Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights, Splash Mountain, Rise of the Resistance. Radiator Springs Racers, World of Color with honorable mention, nods to Kilimanjaro Safaris, and Dumbo. You know what's kind of interesting, Donna, as we, we wrap up this discussion? I thought we would have matched a little bit more. Fair. Because we only we only matched um, Splash, which I thought was pretty um, interesting. Well, for me, a lot of the things you listed for Haunted, I, I'm not saying like, oh, I covered with Splash, but like that again iconic disney attraction all the pieces that it encompasses yeah very similar reasonings 100 for sure well i have to say i was not sold on this idea when you pitched it to me but the discussion ended up being um definitely cooler than i thought it would be so kudos to you sir that worked uh next week you get to hit me with a series of would you rather questions which um usually turns out to be interesting and jamie enjoys poking fun and creating some ridiculous scenarios so uh tune in for that bonus points if you want to send him (laughs) a question to uh to pose uh, to me for that would you rather um thank you so much for listening as always we hope you have a great week and we'll see you real soon